all the stuff going on and just the, the people to do it with, to have an experience growth with and, uh, to have a church family that we could have these fun things to do together and these meaningful things to do together. And, uh, we pray that you would just speak to us from your word this morning and that you'd give us, uh, everything we need from you, God, that you'd, uh, I guess, um, convict us where we need to be convicted, encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Just speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Give us uh, eyes to see and give us ears to hear what you want to show us, what you want to tell us. So we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing I forgot to mention. The Women's Tuesday Night Group is starting up again, too, soon. There will be a date next week. So there you go. If you guys remember, that's like a book group, and it's rad. So at the Melendez home. Um, so this morning, uh, it's funny. I had been working on my message and I had it basically broken down, ready to go. And, um, yesterday afternoon, uh, I got a, it was like a curveball, <laughs> and I felt like, I felt like I was supposed to do something different. Um, these kind of feelings can go either way, by the way, if, if you haven't noticed, like, is that you Lord? Yes. Is that you Lord? No, I, I do feel like it was, but um, uh, I was talking to Tori about it, especially too. And I felt like there was a place to uh, kind of speak into a new beginning, even of summer. Summer's kind we do like the new year thing where there's, you know, encouragement to, for the newness of the year. But there's something about summer, especially if you have kids, right? Uh, maybe that's a good thing for you. Maybe it's not, uh, you know, you're like, no, who's watching my children? You know, like now I have to do this. Uh, don't I pay tax? Shouldn't somebody be watching them for me anyway? Uh, but no, there's an excitement of, you know, we can do things at, at different times. Uh, the bedtime gets pushed back a little bit and there's an excitement. The sun stays out till eight something at night. That's why we have the beach nights. We are there till past eight o'clock hanging out. Um, there's something special about summer, and um, so I think that there's like an opportunity uh, to grow there. And I feel like it kind of has gone along with what God's been kind of showing me, I guess, us in First Corinthians. We've been going through First Corinthians, and we'll jump right back into it next week. But uh, uh, I felt like there was a little side message we could give here this morning and kind of uh, encourage us as we head into the summer. And I kind of titled it. That's how special it is. A summer to remember, okay? Something, a summer to remember. We all have those summers growing up, right? Where you think about the, that one summer that was like nonstop, you know, you didn't have to come until the streetlights were out, you know, and then it seemed like the flow was then into 4th of July and there was otter pops nonstop, right? You guys remember those, the otter pops or, or even the cheaper ones that had like the two pieces and you broke them in half. And anyway, this was, this was like, this was summer. Now you didn't know what high fructose corn syrup was. You didn't care, you know, if it was dyed, that meant it tasted better. Uh, this is the childhood we grew up with playing out in the street, having fun, being part of all these fun stuff. But, um, I think that we can do even better than that. And, uh, wanted to look at a summer to remember in a sense of to build on and to use this time wisely. We only have so many days, right? We only have so much time. We only have so much opportunity. And I think one of the things that kind of sparked it in me was, um, every once in a while someone will, will, uh, say something like, Hey, remember 
you only have so many summers left of your, of your kid being a kid. And you're like, stop telling me this. Okay. Like, this is painful. Like they're like, oh, so your son's turning eight, 10 years left. And you're like, stop the countdown. I'm done with the countdown, you know, but it's, it's good to remember to be present, to, to use every opportunity we have to, uh, as it says in Colossians and Ephesians to redeem the time to use the time wisely, to grow and to be matured in this way. So there you go. Um, in 1 Corinthians, we've seen Paul has been focusing on taking the church of Corinth and us too, as we're reading it, our eyes off ourselves, our eyes off of our own uh, you know, making ourselves feel like it's all about us being better than other people, but using all of our resources to bless the body, the church, to build each other up and to grow collectively and how that really is even more important than own personal growth. As we grow collectively, all of us will grow. And it takes personal growth of each of us to be able to grow collectively, but, uh, to be focused not just on ourselves, but those around us. And Paul's really, he's, he's just trying to encourage the church of Corinth. And we see it through all the epistles, and, and you can see it in the Gospels. Uh, do not let our growth be stunted by ourselves. Like God wants to take us and do really cool stuff in our life. He wants to make us into this thing he's created for. We stunt our own growth by drinking coffee too early, right? <laughs> by doing these different things that can, by having the otter pops every single, maybe those made us grow more. I don't know. We'll find out, uh, as time goes on. But, uh, so we kind of had a, a couple different points here, three practical steps. I kind of wanted to go over and some of this is basic stuff, but, um, I think it's still practical. It's stuff I needed to think through again and remember, um, as we were looking at it, first step in having a, a summer to remember is to dive in deep. Um, I remember as a kid, when we first learning to swim, what was one of the major steps in learning how to swim was what? Do you guys remember? It's in, it's in this, this step. Do you guys remember what was it? It's not deep. It's not in. What is it? Diving, right? Do you guys remember learning how to dive? And now you think it's like no big deal, but the kids, they go on the knee, right? Do you remember that? You'll go on one knee and then you kind of like lean in and do a half belly flop or, or be like, I can dive now, you know? And uh, we'd start it young. And I remember you finally usually get it at the end of the summer, like when you're little. And then you come out the next year. I don't know if I'm ready to do this. And then there's the one year where you're like, I totally remember how to dive, going off the diving board. And you go and you jump and you arc, your hands are right. Nothing else is. And you belly flop, right? This, but it, the earlier that you learn how to dive, it seemed like the more fun you had. My uncle and aunt had a, had a uh, diving board. And so dives became back dives, became front flips, became back flips, right? And that, that was like all we would do is sit there and jump into the pool and dive and do all these different things. But it, it was always important to get that first dive in. Don't worry about it. You know, you might mess it up. Don't worry. But let's get going. Let's jump into it. Let's, let's dive in deep and, and enjoy summer. This is one of the things with my kids. I'm always like, don't restrict yourself. You, you like this. Don't do this. Like sometimes roller coasters, they'll be like, oh, I love that ride. And then all of a sudden somebody else is scared. And they're like, actually, I don't, I'm scared too. You're like, no, you're not. You are not scared because I've seen you do this so many times. Don't be scared. Don't let someone talk you into moving backwards. Don't let your growth be stunted. We need to move to the better rides because dad is bored here. Okay. 
I, I need you to, to, to charge it. And, and, uh, we had through the through a program we have with the school we got Legoland passes and and we took Hazel on Coaster Saurus which is like a roller coaster and she's like <laughs> I don't know if she's tall enough but she's she's riding it you know so we bring her up she's got her little pigtails and she's like I want to ride it and I'm like okay so we throw her down in the seat put my arm around her here we go and she's just like but she loves it now at this point but I'm like the more the faster we can all jump in the better it's going to be for all of us because the honest fact of the matter is when someone is lagging or staying behind, it affects the whole group, right? You want to go on a hike? You better go with people that are similar to you. You know, if they're going too fast, that's probably a problem. It would be good for you maybe to grow in that way. If they're going too slow, it's, you know, it's become a a walk and stop, you know, every once in a while, you know, here we go. Let's, Okay, you know, and and uh, that was my job. Whenever we take kids hiking in Colorado, I always be like, "It's just around the corner, just around the corner," you know. And they're like, "How many corners? Just a few more, you know, or a hundred? I don't know." But to push them through to get to that next step. But there's an importance for us in diving in deep. And one of the best ways we can look to dive in is is not reinventing the wheel. Looking at the first century church, Acts chapter two, right? Pentecost just happened, of course, and you've, we know these verses. We've gone over these verses. But there's some really cool things to see at the starting out point where you say, all right, here we go, Jesus. Uh, let's go. I'm, I'm charging it. Most of you are there. And, and if you're not, though, this is a good starting off point to jump in. Most of us don't have to learn to dive. I still, I don't have, I'm good at diving now. I don't have to lear- learn at all, you know. I don't even practice, you know. I don't even have one belly flop. I don't, could you imagine? I'm 36 and I'm doing this. That would be so embarrassing. You come to the pool and you're like, hold on. You know, put floaties on. That would be awesome. I'm going to do that. I want to find floaties and just do it as a cultural experiment and video it and see what happens. See what people do with that. Um, but if, so maybe you're already there, but for those who aren't there, sometimes we like let those things that we've have never done, or we have never stepped into be things. Oh, I can never do that. Oh, I can never find my way. No, here we go. Just start right here and let's charge it. Let's go for it. Cause there's a lot. Yeah. You'll see as we go on. So Acts chapter two, Pentecost has just happened, right? The Holy spirit has come. There was about 3000 souls that had been added to the church that had been saved because uh, we had Peter said, be saved from this perverse generation, right? That's what he told them. And then they glad they who gladly received it were about 3000 souls. And they, this is what they did. This is the, the first jumping in point. Uh, and, and one of the best things you could do is, is just to do the basics and give your all to the basics, right? So uh, verse 40, uh, 41 says, then those who received the word, the first thing is receive the word. Is when God speaks to you, you receive it. Not just hearing it, but receiving it. Letting it take root in your life. Letting it take, oh, and we're going to get more into that later. But not, not to be the, the rocky soil or the sandy soil that it's just like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of good. And then, but as soon as some water comes, it'll wash it away or it'll choke it out. No big deal. But receiving it and, and accepting it and understanding it. It's receiving the word, which is receiving salvation. God's call to us. And we're baptized. 
That's why we have a baptism. It's not because we love going out in the water and dunking you into shore break. That's like not the point, right? The point of it is because being baptized is something God designed. He he set it in motion, right? Jesus himself was baptized. So if you feel like you're too good to be baptized, then, you know, you are not. (laughs) And there's an obedience to that. So that's why we give opportunities. And and maybe you've been, and I've shared my story before where I was embarrassed that I really hadn't been baptized and I was working at a church. Uh, This is awkward, you know. But how much more awkward it would be if I got baptized at this baptism, right? Hey, guys, by the way, I've never been baptized. So I guess I'll do it to myself, you know. Or I baptized myself in the bathtub last night because I wasn't, you didn't want anyone else to judge or whatever or look at me. So if you've never been baptized or you haven't been since your life has been dramatically changed and you just feel like you should, that's, here's an opportunity to dive right in. This is literally diving in, right? What's the water temp? It's a little cold. So what? Okay, deal with it. It's all good. We did it in November a couple years ago, didn't we? Chris Price and his boys, and then Cannon and Abel too, right? And they're, they're down there, and they're coming out, and they're like, I feel new, Dad. <laughs> That's all I feel. <laughs> so they, they received the word. They were baptized. And then it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. To continue in teaching. This is why we have opportunities for growth in the word. Teaching. Being together to learn. This is, this is uh, continuing steadfastly. Have you noticed that easy Bible reading plan it gets harder at times, right? You make a commitment, though, and you keep going. Don't stress out. You messed up. You missed some stuff. Don't worry. We're in June now, by the way. It's been a while. But it's good, right, to continue steadfastly. There's a blessing in that alone in, to spend time in the Word. In uh, fellowship. This is very important. All of our, the events that we do are based around growth uh, in, in teaching, right? Growth in, well, you have obviously the baptism. But they're all surrounding fellowship because fellowship is essential. Because, again, we live in a world where we're surrounded by people, but we're very alone, right? Where you get very isolated and, and you have a million people next to you and no one knows you for who you really are. It's pretty gnarly, right? So they're based around fellowship in the breaking of bread. We like having food with our stuff a lot of the times. I mean, I should say we. I like f- having food. I know you guys do too. But there's something about eating together and spending time together. What was our men's Bible study? It was grub and grow. What was it? Oh, sliders and study. Okay, we have food here. Was our bu- yeah, there's a bounce house, but there's also a little barbecue, right? <laughs> Because this is good, right? This is enjoyable. This is how we fun. Pasta night, okay? That, is, that one's pretty obvious, right? It's making pasta. That night is fully based around fellowship, right? Like it's being together, spending time with one another, laughing together, being goofy and making terrible looking pasta together because we don't know what we're doing. Maybe you do. I don't. I'm, mine's going to be a mess. I know it already. It's going to taste good though. I'm going to follow directions. Okay. Breaking of bread and in prayers. These are the basics. These are the things where you could go back and say, what are the things that I just absolutely, I want more of, of the Holy Spirit moving and shaping and working in my life. These are the things we go back to. This is the essentials to dive into these things, right? 
So obviously the first thing is, is have I received the word? Has it taken up root and residence in my heart to where it's affected me and I'm no longer the same I used to be? I am a changed person in this. Have I been baptized? Have I been obedient in that way? Dive into that. Have I, am I a part of learning the word of God? Am I teaching? Am I all of these things, right? If you're not, then do it, right? In fellowship, am I involved in fellowship? And fellowship is not just being there. It's being involved in each other's lives. It's asking questions at the table, right? And you're like, I am not going to this barbecue if someone's asking me questions. This is not the kind of barbecue I signed up for. I I was told there would be free food and that's it. Yeah. No, asking questions, right? Uh, Fellowship and knowing each other, being one with one another, and, and struggling with each other and encouraging each other and all of these things. Breaking of bread. Obviously, we have, we have the food and uh, that aspect and also in communion, right? We get to do that. We're going to do that today. And then in prayers. So those are all things we dive into. And, and the results of sim- these simple things of people being unified together was an unbelievable harvest in Acts, right? We see it. Unbelievable. Like these people's lives were changed. They no longer cared about their own stuff. They were selling it off for each other, giving it whoever had need. And they were doing miracles and they were seeing all this crazy stuff happen. And they had the simplicity of heart. They were with one accord. But they dove in deep. Second point. I'm not like a points guy, but here you go. You're getting them today. I am today. There you go. It's better than you thought. That was kind of what I was coming with. It's better than you thought. And and maybe we can remember again with summers. uh, There's some summers that are utterly disappointing, right? You have all these ambitions of what summer is going to look like, and it does not go that way. (laughs) You end up finding out that you got a job somehow that you didn't apply for or something, you know. And you are, it's now the lawn mowing service of the IE, which is 110 degrees, you know. And, and then, uh, oh, by the way, what did you think you were doing today? Well, you weren't doing that. You're going to clear out the back 40 weeds, as my dad would call it, the back 40. And there was really the side 40 of weeds. And we would have to go dig them all up and clear them all out. Or, hey, what did you think you were doing today? Well, actually, today you're going to help me hang drywall. Here's your summer. You know, you're going to learn a thing or two today. I noticed you've been liking lifting weights. Well, let's go lift some drywall. That'll help you out. You're going to be stronger than all the rest of the kids on your football team. Dad, it's different, man. Those weights are different. And, uh, you know, there's like a whole ergonomic thing there that I don't appreciate. Anyway, um, some summers don't go the way you want to. But some summers, they just, it's surprisingly good, right? It just seems like it just goes on and, and keeps going on and gets better and gets better. Uh, this is following Jesus and letting him move in your life. It's better than you could have ever thought or imagined. Like what we are capable of walking in as the Lord leads us is beyond anything we could ever imagine. This doesn't mean like unlimited riches. This doesn't mean like perfect life, perfect health. It means like that we can see God move in our lives more than we would ever have possibly imagined. Ephesians uh, verses three, uh, chapter three, verses 14 through 21. This is so rad. Ephesians is an awesome book. We're going to be there in a flash. We're flying through the New Testament. 
but it's, it's a really cool book. And Paul's been speaking about the mystery of, of the gospel. And he's been talking about how beautiful the mystery is and how he's received this mystery of, of God becoming man, becoming flesh, dwelling among us, dying on the cross, and then being raised up again, and then letting us become partakers of the gospel that we've received. This insane mystery, right? He's like, he's like you, this is so good, you guys. And I, we all get to be a part of it. And he says, and I get to tell you about it. I'm somehow, even though I'm like wicked, I get to tell you about it. And I get to share it with you. But Paul's mindset with the gospel was never that this gospel is just for me. It's that I've got good news to give good news. And that's the point of the gospel. If you never can get past yourself, you're missing the point of the gospel. As a matter of fact, you know, the, obviously we know the, the days and the age, the day and age we live in. It's weird out there, right? It's gotten extremely, really weird, like beyond weird. Like, what is going on, right? I mean, if, you, if we're going to be honest, and, and we could go at a million different events there. And, but to be honest, it's always been weird. So, like, w- the world has always been the world. The world has always produced corruption. The world has always messed things up. But the, the, the thing that we see in First in Timothy chapter 3 is that the church is the thing in the end times that goes astray. The church is the pro, that's the world's always a mess, right? The world's always been a mess, but the church starts messing up and starts seeing things differently. But this is some of the things that it says about that church. But you know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self control. Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but not denying its power, and from such people turn away. This this is the sign of the church that's been compromised. And I think that is all over our churches, right? It's and I, I and as I'm reading that, I'm like, I'm doing, I'm like some of this, right? Like I allow some of this into my life, you know, like I, I've, I can boast about things. I can be arrogant about, you know, and I'm just like, wow, God, save us from ourselves. Help us to not get caught up into this. And and that's a self-centered gospel. And that's why Paul's coming down so hard on the church in Corinth. But looks into how he prays for the church of Ephesus. This is the church that endures all times, all seasons, all physical, political, you know, whatever climate you could imagine. This is what Paul's praying for, not for himself, but for the church of Ephesus. And this is where we can see it's, it's better than you ever thought. Verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. And, he, of course, he's putting the... the uh, supremacy on christ right it's through christ it's always in him the preeminence he did it first we are named in him we are christians we are christ followers right it's not a political term it's a god we follow jesus that's what we do we're christ followers 
He says, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That God, this is what he's praying, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened through his spirit in the inner man. That this is what he's praying for the church. This is what he's praying for, and this is what we need to be praying for each other and ourselves. That we would be strengthened in the inner man. Most of the things we, uh, we end up praying for are often like, uh, just like the way we deal in medicine, right? Symptomatic, right? Oh, you kind of got a cold? Well, we got some medicine for that, you know? Like, let's just, here's, your, here's your cold medicine. And it says, may cause bleeding of the stomach. And you're like, maybe I'll just do the cold. I don't know. I guess, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. But a lot of stuff, we go, it's symptoms, right? And we try to solve symptoms instead of solve problems, we, it's so easy to do that because the symptoms are in your face and you're like, I don't like that symptom. Let's get rid of that symptom. But just numbing a symptom doesn't change the fact that it's your body trying to tell you about a problem. There's something going on here. What is happening? What do I really need to change? I just feel terrible all the time. So I just do this and make me feel a little bit better. Well, why do you feel terrible all the time? And maybe it's something where something you can't do anything about and the medicine's not bad that's a good thing right in that sense there's nothing you could do about it it can help but there's some things where you go well you're just allergic to the thing you're eating nonstop. so maybe you should stop eating that thing no i got medicine so i don't feel quite as bad but i still feel pretty bad and now i've got a third ear back here you know is that good maybe not i i mean seriously if you Watch commercials like the, the line of like, here's the medicine, and here's all the things that could happen. Like, are you dealing with a stuffy nose? Well, here's this, and it could cause cancer, and it could cause immediate death. And you're like, it's a stuffy nose, man. Like, can we just deal with that a little bit, you know? I'll buy you a pack, a pack of Kleenex, you know? It'll be okay, you know? But, you know, this is, this is symptom treating, and this is, this is what we're doing it so often in the church. The root of the problem is found in the inner man. Or the inner woman. It's, it's, that's where it's found. And so what's Paul praying? He's not saying, I pray that you guys would be really good Christian boys and girls and not say any cuss words whenever you hit your hand or mess up and hit a fly ball again in softball to the shortstop and you can't get it out of the infield for some reason, you know. Especially, you know, after you told everyone to not pop it up, right? Guys, we can't pop it up. There you go. Be strengthened in the inner man. That your inner man would be built up. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Listen to what he's saying. This isn't like some pie in the sky thing. This is what Paul's praying for them. And you don't see Paul wasting any time. Okay. Do you think about Paul being someone who wastes things, is wasteful? It's like every resource he had, he used for something. Right? I don't think there's a word he said that was like not crafted and thought through. And, and that's what, these are brilliant writings we have from him. Paul was very intelligent and he was very convinced of the savior, Jesus Christ, because he was very much trying to kill everyone who said it before. So he was convinced. So I don't think he's praying for something that's not, he doesn't think can happen. See what I'm saying? Like, I, like he's praying for something he believes is a reality. 
that they would be strengthened in their inner man, that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled uh, with all the fullness of God. Can I say something that, that, that uh, the ultimate goal of God is not to get you to go to church or even to get baptized or to raise your hand. That's, those are good things. But like what he has for us, what he sees in us is this. And that's what Paul's praying for. That we would be able to comprehend and receive and enjoy like these insane riches. To know the love of God. The, look, listen to like the way he describes it. We may be able to uh, comprehend what is the width and length and depth and height to the love of Christ which passes knowledge. To know the love of God in every single possible way we could imagine. In the biggest way we could imagine. That is what he wants to do with us. That is what he wants to do in you. So you're like, well, I got saved, you know. 20 years ago and, and my life changed for sure. And there's been some real things that have happened in my life. And, and, um, and I, and I'm grateful for that. I'm just kind of like stagnant. I'm kind of bored. I'm kind of, I don't know. I think I'm just, this is as far as he's going to take me. That is not true. (laughs) That is you doing that. That is you saying, I don't want any more. That is you not going in deeper and seeing more. Because no matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been walking with Christ or how little, there's always more that he wants to do in you. But we limit it. We limit ourselves. And a lot of times we can limit ourselves because, well, last time I, you know, I tried to do something like the reading, but it didn't work. I'm not doing it next year because I don't want to deal with failure of all I messed up. No one cares about that. It's about you and him in that sense, right? Or I'm trying to have a, a consistent prayer life and pray for the people in my life. And, and sometimes I just can't, I can't get through it. I don't, whatever. I, I try to serve and it was too hard to get up or whatever. All these things that would say, oh, you know what? I've tried to do this. I can't do it. Oh, I've tried to kick that, you know, that sin. It's just not happening. It's just part of me. This is who I am. What's, what's interesting about that, who I am thing is, was there a lot of things before that you thought this is who I am and now they're gone? <laughs> was there anything like that? I bet not a lot of things. Anything where you look back and say, oh, that's just who I am. But that's not who you are. We, we learn to survive with what we've been given and all the hardships we've had to endure and deal with. And this is oh, the way I am. No, the fact of the matter is it's going to take some effort and some uh, real change in your, the way you think and the way you, you process and the way you live your life to see that affected. But God does that, right? That's Romans chapter 12. He's renewing our mind. He's changing our mind. That's, you know, the workmanship. He's created us for good works. He wants to do us. He gives us the ability to will and to do for his good pleasure. He wants to do all of it in us. He gives us the, the desire to do it. But we just have to be receptive to that. And to recognize that it could be a lot better than I ever imagined. This is what we need the next generation to see, right? Because it's not going to work with the, you know, you just got to go to church, man. That's it, you know. 
Just go to church and, and, you know, don't say bad words and you're good, whatever. Don't drink, don't chew, don't hang out with girls who do, you know. That's like the, the old don't drink, smoke, chew, don't, anyway, whatever. But that's like the, you know, like, oh, these are all the things that you do. This is a Christian. And then you'll be a Christian man, you know. That's not, that's not what that is. This, this is what a Christian looks like. Someone who's been taken over and changed. And, and it's, this is Paul. This is what he looks like, right? God has taken over in his life and he's allowed it to happen. It's interesting. I was reading this, this excerpt and it was really, really interesting because he was talking about how there's so many things in our life that we think are just who we are. It's our personality. And, and one of them was, I'm just a messy person. I'm just disordered. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm disorganized. That's just who I am. I have some great, hot, good things. But I'm just, that's just disorganized. And the guy said, you know, one, one of the things he said was, if I told you that for, uh, f- I will, for the next three months, you have to keep your office, the three things you said, your office, your car, and your, uh, I think it was office, car, and house clean or whatever. Uh, the things you can't do. If you can, for three months, keep it clean 100% of the time. Okay, And I might show up night or day at any point during those three months and check on it. And if you've done it, I will give you $5 million. And he says, do you think that that person would be able to muster the ability to be organized and clean for three? Yes. For the, for the price of $5 million, I can be organized. So you can. Because <laughs> if it's something that you could never do then you would never do it, right? It'd be like, oh, I just, no, I like can't. Five million, I wish, five million dollars sounds great, but like, I can't, I mean, like when I put something in its place, it falls out again. Like, I, it's weird. I'll put a shoe away and then all of a sudden it's, it's right where I left it. I, like, it's cosmic. Like, it will not happen. For five million dollars, that will be your night and day. You know, it's, that will be your night and day job. Everything will be perfect. You will finish eating and you will clean it and you will dry it and you will put it away and it will be spotless. But you're disorganized. But this is, this is who you are, right? And, and you don't want to get into the whole like, oh, you know, self-help part of all of that gets weird, right? But like to, to understand that a lot of times we make ourselves victims of things we shouldn't be and we've limited ourselves and we've stopped ourselves from doing things God's called us to do because we've limited him and what he, we told him he could do in our lives. Oh God, you can't do that because I'm not good at that. Is this not all over the scripture, right? Moses, uh, I am not good at speaking. I could, should not be doing this, right? All the disciples, do you think that they were like, um, are you sure that, like it's this John? There's a lot of people named John. <laughs> what about Peter? Yeah, Peter's like, yeah, I could probably do it, you know. If, if anybody gives me any trouble, I'll just knock some heads and, you know, it'd be good for the kingdom. And Jesus is like, Peter, you're staying close to me, okay? You're going to mess everything up if you're not careful. But there's so many things that we can get in our head. Okay, we, you know, I, I can't experience this. I know people who experience this kind of love and this kind of intimacy with Christ and have this kind of relationship with him. I just can't do that. That's just not who I am. That's not true. 
If there's ever been anything you're capable of, it's relationship with God. But it takes commitment, right? It takes time. It takes energy and effort. Just like having a good relationship, that takes time, energy, and effort from both sides. One of the beautiful things about a relationship with Christ is you don't have to worry about the other side being crazy. Okay? The other side is perfect. (laughs) When you're dealing with two different people, one of them might be totally insane. And that throws the whole thing off. Right? Like, oh, yeah, well, you're crazy. So I'm going to try my best with you. But you're nuts. This is like... The best case scenario, whatever you put in, you get out, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is a promise. This is good news. Is it not? It's better than you ever imagined. Better than you ever thought. This is challenging to me, by the way, third point. So we had dive in deep. Uh, it's better than you thought. And the third one, no new creations. What limits new creations? What limits? Uh, One of the things I loved about summer as a kid was I literally felt like there was no limits. The second school got out, you know, it was always like right around my birthday, like just super close. So it was like perfect. It's like, I'm going to have some new toys to run into summer with and it's on, you know, and and you feel like there's no limits to what you can do night or day. And there's something so beautiful about that as a child, you have that. Because as a child, you know, you're not thinking about all the things that a parent's thinking about. You know, you're not thinking about how much does it cost to go to Disneyland? And you're like, well, we have to sell one of the cars if we want to go. But that's the car that could actually get us there. So this is troubling, you know. But as a kid, you're just like, who cares? We're going to Disneyland, you know. They'll have another car. They'll get, trust me, they'll get a car. It'll work out. No problem, you know. Or like... Wait a minute, we're going to in and out afterwards? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Not checking the bank account like, do you have enough money for this? Can we pay for this, you know? This, they don't have to worry about that. They're not thinking about anything. They're not thinking about calories. They're not thinking. They have unlimited potential. They wake up and say, what's today got? And I love that. This is, this is like the mind of a child in, in a good sense. And we're actually going to get into it next week in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. The, the, the eyes to be like a child in one sense is great. To be like a child in another sense is not good, right? In understanding. If you don't understand anything and you're, you're staying like a little kid, that's not good. But, uh, but having a childlike purity about you and an adventure about you that was put in you for a reason and, and we're called to come like a child in faith right to believe that god has good things for us cool things for us things we want to be a part of the fact of the matter is is that god can do anything and that's sometimes we have to have our eyes open to this i had a really weird situation happen to me couple weeks ago. It was actually right before Mexico. Some of you have heard this. Um, I was actually going to get my passport expedited because I had to get one, which I, I did not have to get one, apparently. You just go, go up there and say, I'm American, and they let you through. They give you a flag. Uh, but I had to pay for the expedited one. Um, and so I had this appointment in Sereno Valley, and I was like, okay, I got to get out there. And I go out to the back alley where I park my car and it is gone. My car is gone. And I have a 2003 GMC Yukon. Pretty something everyone wants. Obviously it's just something that everyone wants to steal. 
and parked beside me were BMWs, Land Rovers. So obviously they stole mine. This makes the most sense. Um, so I'm going, um, my car is gone. And I said it to one of my neighbors and I said, my car is gone. And he says, no, it can't be. He was like, thanks, Frank. You know, I'm, I know it's not the nicest car, but it still meant something. I'm just kidding. He's a sweet guy. He's like, that can't be right. He's like, are you sure? You sure it didn't get towed? Are you sure you didn't move it? And I'm thinking, did I move it? It was the day after the street fair. And so I was like, I I don't know. And so I call Carlsbad PD and I say, hey, uh, my car has been stolen. And and they said the same thing. I don't know about that. And I'm like, listen, (laughs) it was here and it's not here. Like, let's check the tow records, you know, and they but they didn't have my license, and so they, didn't, you know, I didn't have my license plate because I was, I had to get to this appointment. So I took Tori's car and I drove down to the appointment. And I almost called it off. I said Mexico is off. I lost my car. God, are you even good? You know, like, and I have liability only. Looking, I have, no, I have nothing, and all my mountain bike stuff was in it, which is even worse. Not the bike. Thank you, Lord. But I, 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 so I sent it and then I, I was gone all day, had to deal with this, this, and then I'd make a couple other stops and I couldn't do anything with the police until I got home and could make a report. And so I'm driving home so bummed the whole day. And I just thought, you know what, God, you, you could do this. Like you could help me find my car. And I'm, I'm in my mind though. I'm thinking best case scenario, it's towed. That is the best case scenario, which is like $300. That's a good scenario, right? It's towed. And so, because I knew it wasn't somewhere where I had it parked. It wasn't there. So I'm trying to speed it up here. I drive home and I'm driving through Oceanside and I'm like, God, show me where my car is. Like, please help me see it. I don't know where it is, but I've got to find this car. Somehow I've got to find this car. And I know you can help me find it. And I believe that. And so I thought, I'm just going to check the alley one more time. And as I'm driving down the alley, I see a car that looks like my car, but it is not my car. It looks just like it. And I'm like, oh, that's not it. So as I keep driving, I kind of push the panic button just to make sure, you know. I, I was pushing the panic button, like, let's see, here's something honking, and then, you know, I'm going to get my Inland Empire on, and we're going to get the car back. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Um, and so uh, I, uh, as I'm driving, I catch out of the corner of my eye my bike rack off the back of my car in a... I'm not going to name the, the company right now because I don't want to malign them. But they had it inside their garage and they were working on it. And I'm like, what? So I drive up and I said, that is my car. How do you have my car? And so they are like, um, sorry, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Hold on. I'm so sorry. We were supposed to do another Yukon the other one that looked just like mine. And somehow the key fit into mine and started my car. They pulled it in and they're putting an oil cooler on it or something. I'm like, oil cooler. Okay. And they said, we couldn't start it to get it going again. It only started to get it into the garage. We couldn't start it again. We are so sorry. And I said, it's okay. Can you take the screw out of my back tire? And they did. And so, you know, drove. But I was just, I was just thinking the whole time, like I'm sitting there with like all this depression on my, on me, like thinking about what this means and how, um, any of the tax return is long gone, you know, like we're, uh, we're done, you know, we're toast moving in with, you know, someone's parents, you know, somewhere. No, not really. It wasn't that bad, but I was just like, man, this is such a bummer. I'm riding my bike again to work. 
And, um, but I, I remember like, man, God, what do you, like, you can help me find this. Like, you know, you're in charge of everything and not everything works out like you want it to. But I came home praising God because of the adventure I'd been a part of. How much better even than just driving my car? I drove Tories. I saved some money because it was, you know, no. And they gave me a free oil change at this place. But it was like, it was like this, this eye-opening experience to like, this is, you see it one way, but it's not the way you think you see it. And your expectations are so much lower than what they should be. Because God is with us. He's on our side. And, and even if my car didn't show up, he has been more than, he's shown himself more than faithful in my life. And he's going to take care of the rest of it. We are new creations. We're called to be new creations in him and to believe him in that. Now, verse 20, here we go. We're almost done. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Those are two really good adjectives. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. According to the power that works in us. That works in us. Him in us. He's able to do things in us that we could never imagine. There can be outcomes that we could never fathom because he's doing it. To him be the glory. This is good news. You think, you're, you think you're stuck? You think that there's no way of moving forward? You think there's no way of jump? Let's just go, right, let's, let's call summer right now, okay? I know it's not summer yet, but let's just charge it into summer and just jump into new, new opportunities and new depths in following him. We are new creations. We don't have the limits we think we do. Because God is with us. The world can't say that. So they are limited. They are dark. They are doomed. They, are, they just can't think outside of that. In Christ, we don't have these limits. He, we have the one who created time and space that speaks things into existence. Great news. So you feeling hopeless? Is anything too hard for God? You feeling like, oh, what's everything? What's going to happen next? Well, you remember he like was feeding people manna in the middle of the desert, Right? And there was like rocks being hit and water was coming out. Is there anything God can't do? Is there anything that he's not capable of doing? And so you get your eyes off yourself, off the depression. You keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. The one thing I did that day when my car was gone, I'm thankful for. is like, I don't care. I've just got to get my passport because I'm going to Mexico. That was the one thing. And it was like all the other things were me like yelling at myself for not having a club on my... I still don't, you know, like I still don't have a club. Should have had a club, man. Or you should have had full insurance. What are you thinking? And I still don't have those things. Because I don't think they want to steal my car. I really don't. I don't think this is the kind of car you want to steal. But, but the, the one thing was, you know what? Like, you know what? I, I know all these things are happening. I'm just going to keep on going. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to look at this like it is. And I saw it as spiritual warfare. It's trying to stop us from going to Mexico. Billy almost got derailed, right, Billy? He almost got derailed, almost didn't get to go, almost had all these reasons to make it. So, and then he went and he was blessed. God wants to take us into things that are new and foreign and crazy to us, that are limits in our mind. But he says, they're not limits I put on you. Let's go. Let's move forward. Let's charge it. Let's make it a summer to remember, guys. Dive in deep, right? Dive in deep. 
It's going to be better than you ever thought it could be. And we are new creations and the limits are that we make them up for ourselves. They're not real. God can do it in us. Like not to say like, don't try and jump off a building or something, but the spiritual limits of, Oh, I could never be like that. Or, Oh, I'd never be that faithful. I could never, you know, be consistent in prayer. I could never, uh, actually have the Lord give me like gifts. Like we did talked about, like speaking in tongues or prophecy or any of these things. That's just not for me. You know what? Why? Why not? Have you even asked for it? Have you even tried? Have you even called and said, God, what do you want me to do? So I kind of went over here. That's okay. We have communion and it, and with a new season, we have a opportunity for a new freshness, a new chance and opportunity to say, all right, Lord, here I am. Take it, take me. I, 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 I again, surrender and need your blood in your body and make me new. So you have that opportunity. We have an opportunity for a baptism next week. There's no one signed up right now. If you want to do it, there's no pressure because if you don't need to, then don't. We're not going to like forge people and say, hey, man, get, get baptized. I know you've been baptized. We need people. You know, it's not like that. But if, if God's speaking to you and you need to do that, then do it. Okay? But spend some time. The bread, the body, we do this in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And spend some time with him. And we're going to worship and then we are going to eat. All right? Lord, thank you so much for the good news that we find in the gospel, that mystery, and we are partakers of it.